You fisting me? Yeah. Fantastic. Welcome to the save room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. As per usual, I am Kevin. And I am Daniel. And this is actually not a traditional episode. No. This, today, is our review, our first review of, or our first review that we've posted. I'm sure we've reviewed things on the side. Mm-hmm. Like Catastrophe, Three Paws Up, that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, this is our review of Final Fantasy Fifteen XV, if you're reading the cover and confused. Um, mm, mm. I took a big sip there. We have a lot of thoughts to share with you today. So you said this is our first review. Are we going to do other reviews down the line? Do you not want to do other reviews? I, I have to prepare myself mentally. Uh, well, you know, we have to line up on a, a line on a game that we've both played. Uh, we're both going to play... Li- I think we should do one for The Last Guardian. That one's not going to happen until March. <laughs> we have a lot of other things to play. <laughs> Given your track record. Um, uh-oh. I actually have it in he my console right now. I know you have it. It's going to happen. It's going it's it's to spin tonight? It's going to spin. Oh, shit, dude. Yeah, man. I'm proud of you. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, you, t- you, took, your, uh, you took your time in Final Fantasy 15, but no one's rushing you. It took me a month. No one's trying to I don't think you. putting a month into an 80-hour exploit yeah. was that, you know, no, unquestionable. because you game like an adult. You treat it like a hobby instead mm-hmm. of a lover. <laughs> I treat it. Like a girlfriend. No, I treat it like an adult who has like many lovers. Because like yeah. I can't, I'm not always seeing Final Fantasy 15. Sometimes I have no. to see Overwatch. You know, that's my Monday, Wednesday, Friday girl. All right, if you want to, if you want to <laughs> do a pie chart, yeah. the pie chart is literally the Overwatch logo, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a tiny little sliver in there that's like Final Fantasy 15, and then there's an even smaller sliver. For other games. I don't even know if it's other games as it is just the console's on because I enjoy the hum. <laughs> All right. Fuck your scrutiny. <laughs> but I'm I'm proud. We both got it done. Yeah. Uh, it has been a month mm-hmm. today, actually. Yeah. One month on the dot since its release. We have a lot of thoughts. I'm gonna surprise you real quick here. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do two reviews this episode. Oh. Two reviews. My review is for Inside. You gonna start with us? A lot of people. Game of the year. Mm-hmm. And here's my review. You ready for this? It was fine. Do you even remember playing it? Barely. <laughs> I feel like it didn't even leave an impression on you at all. No, not much of one. That's unfortunate. Um, I don't know what to really say about it. I certainly don't see what other people uh, saw in the game. You're not a huge fan of, like, play dead games, though. Play dead games, which only became an S with this game. <laughs> <laughs> True. You realize that. But, okay, like, Limbo didn't blow you away in terms of anything. No. No, Limbo, there was, there was a lot of, um, the echo chamber was treating it like the second coming. Like, I've never seen a game like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, it was cool. It's a cool little artsy-fartsy project, you know? But I, I guess I, I, I have a certain thick skin for games that uh, people like to hype up like that. Like Journey, I certainly don't think it was the end-all be-all. I think it was a very special experience, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, I don't think Limbo is quite on that level, and I certainly don't think Inside's on that level. Uh, Inside, okay, so it, it's cool. I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because I really didn't give too much of a shit about it. I think the artistry in the game is great. Mm-hmm. I think some of the puzzles are really clever. Um, but it's a one-and-done game. There's not, you know, I, I like these evergreen experiences. And I've grow, as I grow older, I, I realize I like evergreen games. And I don't mean games that are just like, oh, you're going to constantly have, like, refreshing content. Like, no, no, not even that. Just games that I feel like are worth seeing from a different angle or coming back mm-hmm. to it. And I think the game we're about to talk about, Final Fantasy, is definitely a game that I wanted to keep on going back to. 
when I played Inside and got to the ending and got through the whole thing, I was just like, okay, cool. I'm probably most certainly never going to play this game again. Hmm. Like, that. that's it. I spent $20 to, like, sit through four hours, <laughs> and I'm done, you know? Uh, yeah, it's just, there, there's something about it where I'm just like, I don't understand what people are talking about in that game. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish somebody could, please sit me down and be like, tell me exactly why this is such an original, unique game. Because I'm just like, okay, cool, I go from left to right and I solve some puzzles and then it's over. I think on a mechanical level it doesn't do anything groundbreaking, but it's like no. the whole, like, video games as art tapestry where it's like what they do with it, the ambiguity of it, you know, the allegory that they might be trying to tell you, whether it's like symbolic or not, like, I feel like that is what leaves more of an impact. Because like, yeah, those games don't break any ground. You've been doing that same thing since like Super Mario Brothers and maybe even so, before. So my ex-girlfriend's dad had this weird um, <laughs> kind of hypothetical, which is if aliens came down to Earth tomorrow... And you were the represent. His this is his version of the question. His version was: If you're a representative of rock and roll music, what song do you play him? Mm-hmm. And uh, ultimately, put him Zeppelin. You know, maybe some Journey. He said yeah. Zeppelin. Okay. He said Zeppelin, but it, like I, he was like, but what song from Zeppelin? Obviously, he was trying to steer it towards Zeppelin. Like mm-hmm. Zeppelin was the only correct answer. Because <laughs> if I said ACDC or or Pink Floyd, he would smack me. Okay. It, it came down to which Zeppelin song, and he was like, it's rock and roll. My answer, of course, was. Um, it wasn't Stairway. Mm-hmm. It was certainly not Stairway. It was something off of 4, for Black sure. Dog. I think it was Black Dog. It was, okay. be- it was between Black Dog and... Uh, I Honestly, I don't know. I know there's another Zeppelin song that I really enjoy way more than Battle that. of Evermore? I don't know. Close. It might have been Misty Mountain Hop. <laughs> for all I know. It, it could have been. Okay. Hobbits and shit. And so, I think if you were trying to prove to somebody that didn't know anything about video games that video games were art... Uh, Inside is certainly not the game you show them. Hmm. It is the furthest game in my mind to show a person. The furthest. I think it would alienate them. They would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is not art. You've not only confused me, but you've disgusted me, sir. <laughs> and if you know, I'm not going to spoil it, but if you have played the game and gotten through the ending, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You'd be like, yeah, no, that's not the game I show people. <laughs> you know, I, I would be like, let, let, let's look at Journey. That's a safer bet for yeah, your eyes. more palatable. Yeah. For sure. That's what I want to say about Inside. I don't want to derail anything. Okay. We're here to talk about fun I would love to play it at some point. Um, I've been hearing a lot of weird things about it, but I like that studio for the one game they gave me before, and I, I have yeah. to be in the mind space to want to play it. Yeah, that, that, that could be part of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm in between these really... Uh, granular, yeah, granular yeah. games. You know, I'm, I'm, I've, been, I've been playing The Witcher again, Witcher 3, which I'm really enjoying, and I think Witcher 3 is a good comparison for Final Fantasy 15 for mm-hmm. a lot of things that Final Fantasy XV fails at mm-hmm. and well, how The Witcher just kind of excels. Like, it, top top dog when it comes to RPGs where it's like, fuck. How, how, I can't believe that uh, Bethesda could come out with another game after The Witcher, which actually I'm sure they were like, you know, there, there was some overlap, overlap with their development times. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I can't believe you can go from The Witcher 3 and go to like Fallout 4 and still think Fallout 4 is, is hot game. shit. Yeah, yeah. No way. <laughs> no way. No way. But that's another argument. These are things that are in my head. We're wasting time. Yeah. You start me off with some Final Fantasy stuff. How do you feel, man? You just beat it. I did. You just beat the game. I beat it uh, Monday night, and I actually went back and double-dipped this afternoon because yep. I had to wrap my head around the ending again. And really? Really kind of relish in like, uh, one of the final boss fights again because I really enjoyed it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I... 
I don't think I feel as um, put off as you did. I feel like the end of that game really offended you on a personal level. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it. I'll keep on saying, it ended exactly like The Matrix Revolutions. And I, I, I do want you to explain that a little bit. And I want you to see The Matrix Revolutions. <laughs> so. uh, that's why you're confused. Uh, you didn't see it, right? No, I didn't. Yeah. I thought it was maybe because of like the leather trench coats and everything. Not at all. Maybe, it oh, literally, more. and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into it. But I, I, <laughs> I mean to say, it's a very... Literal, literal comparison. The fucking the tunnel. I'm, I'm not like, even. I'm not even joking. It's the same thing. Anyway. Okay. Um, so I, get, I just came off of it. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot, and I'm doing like the post game stuff right now. Which Still there there is a deep well of end game content in this game, and I'm I'm actually uh, pretty impressed by mm-hmm. how much there is to do after it. It depends on how much you tackle in the course because I've heard of people that are you know they're fucking around in like chapter 4 and 5 and they're like level 70 something I'm like what are yeah. you doing that's like, what Dave's doing right now he's still in chapter 3 like the open world I will say this like open world games yeah you have free reign to do what you want to do but there's a, to a certain extent you're playing the game wrong mm-hmm. especially if you try to tackle the story because the story obviously is going to be easy as shit to yeah. by the time he gets to it and you're obviously going way past what the developers yeah, you're intended outpacing it. yeah you're outpacing what they intended you for to, to do you know I think there's like a kind of a buffer like maybe ten levels above what's expected, the expected level to tackle the story, and you're just gonna fuck up <laughs> so much for yourself. I think. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. It's just gonna be easy and stupid and boring. So, hmm. don't do it. Or do what you want. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's play, the freedom of games like this. Play your. You've been waiting ten years for this game. Play, play how you play. Don't how you even want. play it. Don't even <laughs> fucking play. Just look it on a shelf. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? So, so we both feel really strongly about this game. I do, and I really enjoy this game. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote a, a, a top 10 list for 2016, something like that, mm-hmm. and a lot of the numberings, the rankings are debatable. I didn't really put that much effort into thought, but I did slot Final Fantasy at number three, mm-hmm. and I did some soul searching, because I think there's a lot of flaws in this game, and we've covered this on, on uh, past few episodes, but this we're going to hunker down, so mm-hmm. fucking, fucking now we're both brew yourself some coffee and, and, and sit in. This is going to be a four-hour extravagant, nah, it's going to mm-hmm. be something. Uh, four and a half? Five. There were five. Okay. Um, there's something about this game that is quintessentially Final Fantasy that I felt has been lost in the uh, last few games that we've gotten. Mm-hmm. You know, especially... I know people like 10. Uh, I, I enjoy 10 too. Mm-hmm. Not 10 too. I don't mean to say 10 too. I mean, I enjoy it as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed 10 as well. It. I don't think it resonated quite as much as it did with other people. I think it certainly resonated with you mm-hmm. much more than it did with me. And then 11, fuck 11, even though it's apparently it's the most profitable Final Fantasy of all time. Yeah, go fucking figure. Makes sense. Subscriptions and all that. Eh, but Trump is president. That's going to be my thing to say all the time when it's like the unexpected occurs. Nah, Trump is Trump president. Is, yeah. Like, you should expect it. Yeah, anyway, that's true. Uh, 12 didn't give it too much of a... Too much of a fair shake. Really, really a great one though. Kind of deeply rooted in the fantasy elements of like the earlier entries. Like it's, it feels like one of the truer Final Fantasy games. I was just really put off by how it played. Mm-hmm. Like it really didn't find an identity for itself because it was like we're kind of, kind of turn based, but not kind of turn based, kind of not turn based because mm-hmm. we're trying to get those Kingdom Hearts kids in here because mm-hmm. you know apparently they spend money where our Final Fantasy kids True. don't anymore. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, that's people that like to beat off Princess Jasmine. <laughs> You gotta hit that crowd if you're trying to make that money, okay? Um, And then, you know, 14, whatever the fuck 14 is. I don't even know. Apparently they exploded the first world that Mm. they created because it sucks so bad. Exactly. Yeah. So Final Fantasy obviously has lost uh, its footing in 
the last decade. <laughs> it's sad to think that it's been the last yeah. decade, but yeah, for sure. I think 12 came out in uh, 2006. Yeah. And then uh, Final Fantasy 13 Versus, which was what this became. It was announced in 2006. Has, has been in development since then. Um, mm-hmm. But I think this game is a very good distillation of all the criticism they've gotten over the years about what what the games have been doing and where it should go as a, as a series. Exactly. And I, I can't even say that it's like, oh, you know, obviously there's no turn base in this game. It, no. it, it's a completely new action RPG system. And you do have an option to do the turn base, I think, in wait mode. It's a more traditional tactical right. style, but why would you want to do that when they give you a new, like, kind of action-y free roam system to play around with? Right, I never wanted to fuck with it. No. No. Not, I'm not really, uh, that's not my scene. I haven't even really messed with it to see if it was really uh, added to the experience at all. I don't think it does. I think the way that it was intended to play is as is. Mm. It is an open world action RPG. What the fuck was that? <laughs> the ghost tried to break down the door. Fucking vomit. <laughs> I wonder if that picked up. Um, but there, there's just certain components about it where it's just like, you know, I find myself smiling. Like the music, the music's so fucking brilliant in this mm-hmm. game. Uh, you know, and especially we live in an era of games where music is like the last thing that's thought about, where they're just kind of like, eh, find some fucking background track to, I, like, like, you know, pick up a Telltale game or pick mm-hmm. up any of the Call of Duties where it's just like, the music's kind of there, but they make sure the characters and the guns are louder. Whereas, you know, older, like older games, like the music was driving and front and center. I would say at least for Final Fantasy, it's always been one of the main components. I right. Mean, look at all the earlier scores from like Umato and then on, like, you know, those are the defining hallmarks of the the franchise like and this one they're synonymous really yeah this one has such like defined melodies mm-hmm. and just such great music like uh, when you fight like an overpowered boss it has this swelling or yeah. qu- orchestral sound like, to the it the strings like, are just like all over yeah. the place like oh, this feels like an epic battle you hear these like <laughs> choral parts like yeah see, i'm just like holy shit what uh, what am i getting into yeah. <laughs> fucking it's it's such a cool so, Cool vibe. You have that, and then like you know, even just like when you come to an outpost, like there's very distinct sounds that go there, and like a a soundtrack to that, where it's like, oh, it feels like you know you're hanging out in the country, you know. (laughs) And it it, 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 even with the the campsites, you know, you go for these moments of respite to kind of like, you know, uh, gain experience and relive the day's memories, and or that sick ass menu jam. The menu jam. You put on the menu jam. I really dig that menu jam. It really. Chill hop. It's all. I was worried about <laughs> chill hop. It's it's good. I think my favorite too with it was when you yeah. get in the later chapters of the game and it gets really totally dark and like your your party's kind of ravaged. You go to these campgrounds like they're few and far between, but they play like more of like a bluesy down tuned version of like what you heard before. It's like oh cool. Like is the even the music's affected by the journey at this point. <laughs> the, uh, the cup noodle blues. Yeah, but I was like I was initially really nervous because yeah. like thirteen didn't leave me like any savory melodies anything that i even walked away with that i i loved at all in this game it's like okay cool they gave us all like the nostalgia pieces like you get the soundtracks right you play in your ipod or in your car stereo but then i was like okay i think that's gonna be it like i'm only gonna want to listen to these songs and then you would hear the the overworld music or the menu music it's like wow there's actually a really brilliant score here really is that's that's really well done Mm -hmm. um there's a lot that that really works in this game and the open world i'm kind of i'm kind of torn on it I'm torn in some ways. It reminds me a lot of the open world in um, Dragon's Dogma. I don't, you didn't play that one. I didn't, know. It was a very cool... Capcom's a spin on an open world RPG. And it came out late generation PS3, Xbox 360. Mm-hmm. I think like 2012. 
And it, it was weird. Like, it was definitely not all the way cooked. And I don't mean to say that it was an unfinished game in any way. I just mean to say that the concept just wasn't brewed. Okay. Uh, to the point that it needed to be. Like, they probably needed to give that game another six months to a year to really, like, resonate. But okay. it had a lot of cool ideas. It was an action RPG in the same way. And um, I just remember that in this game, that just that open world feel, the hunting down monsters, running into creatures, and how nighttime is, like, this fucking... Obstacle course. Yeah. yeah, Dragon's Dogma did a lot of that. Okay. So a lot of people have been making that comparison. I think it's pretty apt. Uh, and I think I think Dragon's Dogma's brilliant. I think it needs a sequel. It mm. needs to come out again. That and I think that's why I really jive on this game too, where it's just like, fuck, there's something about this. Like I've I like RPGs. Don't get me wrong, I like RPGs, but as I've grown, I'm not too in tune with turn based combat. Like that kinda doesn't really thrill me. Okay. And you know, that's why I enjoyed Kingdom Hearts, but unfortunately Kingdom Hearts was like, Alright, well, we're still Messing with the Disney license, we're not yeah. gonna, we're not going to go ham on this. Like we're we're, we're going to allow you to whack some people with a key, <laughs> and that's kind of what we do, and that's it. Whereas this game kind of was like, Let, let's let's do something with this party system. Let's mm-hmm. do something with this dynamic, like you know the AI uh, combatants and all that. And I thought they I think they they hit a fucking masterstroke with it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some problems with the combat. The camera is the the most susceptible part. If you're near a bush, if you're near a tree, you're fucked. Or you're in a tight corridor, it's it's the worst. Yeah, it's it is the absolute worst. Or I would say even in bigger scope battles, like when you're fighting titans or things that are just like more than you can chew, like the camera struggles. The camera struggles. The targeting system is rough, um, and there's just really this game has a lot of weird quirks. One of them is the targeting system, where if you want to lock onto a target, you have to. It doesn't even tell you. You have to click down on the right stick while holding down like R1 to target. Hmm. This is on PS4, by the way. Sorry, Xbox kids. Um, and that's such a, just a weird quirk, and I'm just like, you know, other games have figured this shit out. Mm-hmm. You know, you just need to look at like you know platinum games or or f- some other uh, action games, or know? even their own games. Like Kingdom Hearts had a pretty yeah, like easy it's like I don't system. I don't know what happened there where the targeting system is like it's just fucking just, <laughs> it, it is insane. <laughs> like sometimes it's insane. Where I'm just like I don't know what's going. Like you're lucky I've fucking have played played like 24 years of video games mm-hmm. <laughs> you know oh, this, w- this would be a real struggle yeah it would be a re- like if, if i tried to like invite somebody that doesn't play games to play final fantasy that it, it's the same thing as like showing a stranger inside they'd be like what the fuck <laughs> are these boys talking about a wedding dress <laughs> what's going on <laughs> like that clueless gamer segment conan o'brien watched this game and was just like what the fuck is this how could anybody like this this is a stupid that was so shit. silly and it's just like well yeah but this game is like intrinsically video games mm-hmm. dude and that's the thing that i got about it this game is such a video game video game mm-hmm. and i'm okay with that you know that's part of the heritage of final fantasy um i just enjoyed it i enjoyed it i enjoyed some of its quirks mm-hmm. i enjoyed yeah it's completely balls insane that the, these four boys with their fucking gelled anime haircuts Running around in their J. Crew <laughs> leather outfits in the middle of a fucking rural field, like that's that's wild. Yeah. Like that, but you know that's video games, man. That's true. You gotta have to accept it with the territory. And that's especially Japanese video games. How did you feel about the open world? Like, what what guide me through that? I loved it. I I thought there were a lot of things that worked for it and worked against it. Obviously, um, you know, Square Enix is playing catch up with a lot of developers in terms of Western and European developers who have been doing mm-hmm. RPGs shorter amount of times than they have and are somehow excelling. Um, so I feel like they have kind of taken the mold that's been present in the past two generations and they're kind of running with it. But it's like almost too little, too late in a lot of ways. 
where it's like they could have like gotten done everything that was great about last generation like open world games and then done something more with it mm-hmm. whereas they couldn't even get down the basics of certain things that work in uh, open world games like that um, the world itself is great. I like the way you're um, introduced to it. Um, you start off the game, you're pushing the regalia to like the first outpost you see. You meet Cindy, and she gives you like your first uh, fetch quest. One of like innumerable ones that kind of beckon you to explore the world around you. And uh, it, it it's cool the way that they guide you through it. But um, I don't know. I want a little more from that, you know. Other than like. Here's how we're going to get you from point A to point B. We're going to give you this mm-hmm. like little meager side quest, and that's how you're going to get there. It's like, no, give me more of a reason to want to explore. I mean, by and large, the side quests were left me really wanting. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were basic fetch quests. They, they really didn't have a lot of thought into them. Like, you'd meet a cook and be like, give me some beans. There's a, a bean truck that overturned out there in the field. Yeah. And then you go out there, and there's... Yeah. An overturned it, truck. Inevitably, monsters around the truck. Always. You hack them up, and then you come back, and he goes, Good job, boys! <laughs> There's another bean truck in the field. <laughs> and you're like, And it's her. like halfway across the map, and you're like, Okay, well, I guess I'll get there. Right, and point. you'll come back, and it'll be like, Amazing bean mission four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Like, so, this is boring. But yeah, the quest lines are pretty yeah. mundane. They don't really do anything interesting. Until you get to, like, the, the end for each quest line, where, like, they throw you in dungeons. Yeah, that's when they get a little more interesting, which is few and far between. Yeah, um, the, the the first few ones are they're kind of whatever, and that's kind of the the rest of the beats for the the quest lines really like for games that have have come before it, like even The Witcher, where it's like the quests are interesting. You want to go on them because like there's something cool about it. Where it's like this, it's like okay, I'm gonna go on this quest to explore the world, but I don't really like find myself enjoying just doing the quest. I find myself enjoying the stuff I'm doing along the way. Yeah. Like, you know, seeing the mountains or getting off the beaten trail and, you know, finding a dungeon. The thing about The Witcher is that uh, quests either let you explore more about the world or Mm -hmm. learn something more about the people in the world that you didn't before. Mm -hmm. Or you just get so entrenched in the drama or situation of a certain quest line, Mm -hmm. whether it be a very small offshoot. That you you don't give a shit that you're going from A to B to C, back to D, Mm. back to A kind of shit, you know? Final Fantasy, you very much feel like, okay, I gotta get the B, and then fight something, and then back to fucking A. It's so, like, rudimentary, like, day yeah. one RPG. Very PS2 era kind of shit. Um, it didn't hinder my enjoyment of loving the world at all. No. I just, I wish there was more of a vehicle to getting me around, like, to these points. Oh, yeah, you had the regalia. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was very important. Yeah, that's all First I of all, I, I want to take a side shoot. Regalia, is, it just sucks. <laughs> just, it's just unfun, the, the arbitrary, again, the quirks of the game. Mm-hmm. So, your boy Ignis, he'll autopilot uh, the regalia to places that you've been before. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can set a destination on the map and he'll drive to whatever, the closest proximity. But he refuses until, like, chapter 9, mm-hmm. chapter 8 or 9, to uh, drive at night. So he won't do auto driving at night. But he'll let you drive. Yeah. And to drive the regalia <laughs> is to... To unlearn everything you've ever learned about driving. Correct. Everything about <laughs> driving in games has been unmade. <laughs> and here you go, kids. It's, it's, it's like if Telltale made a driving game. That's what driving the regalia feels like. You're like, why the fuck? With only half the like quick time events. <laughs> right. Why can't I drive off the the fucking borders here? <laughs> you know. So it sucks. Driving it, sucks. It's one of the most agonizing points of the game. I think I said in the in the last podcast or the one before. It's the only instance in which I've hit a game over screen. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to where it was so bad, like, I couldn't actually keep up with... Like, you do a quest where you have to follow another character in their car, in your car, and I just couldn't do it, because I couldn't fucking, like, turn around a bend in a way that made sense. <laughs> you, gotta, like, you need a wide berth to make a U-turn in that game. Jeez. And, and it brings to the menu system, too. When I'm choosing locations to go from, you know, wherever I want to... From fucking Gas Station 35 yeah. that looks like Gas Station 23, I want to jump between these two. Mm-hmm. All right, let me, let me choose auto. Let me go to the menu. All right, let me click on the gas station. Oh, wait a second. I didn't hit auto first, yeah. and now it jumped back in the menu screen to the location the matter already. I'm just like, fix your fucking UI. Your UI sucks, dude. It's like, the, I hated opening times. up the map. Hated it. And then, don't even get me started. Well, we're going to get started on it, actually. <laughs> on the fact that you can't uh, do multiple bounty hunts. No. What the fuck, my guys? God forbid you have more than one quest running at once, but the bounty hunts, it's like... You have a game like Witcher where you can tackle multiple bounties at once, or... Or multiple quest lines, or, or multiple... Well, fucking anything. Even Final Fantasy thirteen let you have multiple uh, hunt marks going at the same time. This one, like, the second you pick up a new one, it abandons your last one. You're like, okay, well, I don't remember where I got that from. Whatever. And, and then you go on the, the hunt for this new one. And it's like, I understand internally why they did it, because it's very obvious that when you choose a bounty hunt... A enemy spawns in an area that they otherwise wouldn't, wouldn't be. just be chilling yeah. in. So it's not like The Witcher where... In The Witcher, you literally can stumble across a monster, kill them, and then show up to the quest giver and be like, oh, I already killed him, dude. And they'll mm-hmm. be like, uh, what? Yeah. Okay, here's your fucking reward. That happens in Skyrim, too. Right. You cannot do that in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy. And it's like it's one of those things where I wish somebody in like QA or, or at some level was just like, hey, by the way, this isn't fun or cool <laughs> that you're doing this to me. I want to take on 10 fucking bounty hunts and turn them all in at once <laughs> for the amount of bounty hunts they make you do and it's an arbitrary amount like they make you do a ridiculous amount for no fucking they really reason. do and a lot of them are just like oh fuck i just killed like three ponitas or whatever <laughs> the fuck it is and now i'm going the three miles back toward you it's rough that's there's some rough decisions and a lot of the time i found myself saying like i probably wouldn't be struggling through this if it weren't for the fact that the combat w- was so good mm-hmm. that i enjoyed doing bounty hunts as arbitrary as they were because i liked getting into fights i especially yeah. like getting into fights where i was punching above my belt mm-hmm. where i get into a fight where they're like 10 levels above me fuck that the fight's epic music fun. swirling oh, around you oh yeah it's not one of those punishing, like, oh, fuck, it's like a Dark Souls moment, like, I can't fucking di- fuck this, I'm out of here. Or even in Skyrim, where it's like, nope, killed me in one hit, I'm out of here. It's like, no, I'm going to try to take you on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so rewarding when you finally do it. Um, mm. Of course, yeah, you do come across enemies that are like, okay, you killed me in one hit, I yeah. respect that. Especially like the, the Iron Giants very early on, you're like, yeah, I shouldn't be fucking with this. But then when you're able to... Yeah, you really can't fight them. You really, uh, really, like, really can't fight nothing them. to do with them. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like the open world. It's big. It's like, so they, they got that. They mm-hmm. understand that. Big. There's different geography to it here and there. It's, For the most part, it's it's very similar, which I'm, I'm, I'm kind of... Yeah. This rural America kind of feel to it, which I'm kind of disappointed because um, I played the game and went through the story thinking that, that I would have different open world segments. Mm-hmm. And that does not happen at all. It doesn't. At all, your open world that you start with is the only open world you get. Mm-hmm. When you leave it, uh, when the when the the story beckons you to go on and leave the area for another, especially uh, Altitia, mm-hmm. Altitia and beyond, yeah, yeah, Altitia and beyond, those are very linear, very static environments that you can't do much in, and that's so disappointing. It's very disappointing. I wanted just vastly different worlds to keep on playing in, and I thought mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this world's gonna have all kinds of different bounty hunts and and different missions and side quests. Nope. Hmm. You got nothing. 
There's yeah. nothing here. I mean, the only segment that you get it more in is Altitia, where you're actually able to... I think it's after you beat the game, you go back through memory, and you're able to do hunt marks there and, like, side quests and stuff. But it's very minimized in terms of, like, everything else that you've done so far in the open world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the same mind of you, where it's like, I... I love what they give you in the open world and the sense of exploration, all that you can do, but it's very homogenized. Like, the locales are all the same. Everybody at the outpost, it's all the same. There's always fucking... There's always a Dave. There's always a Sony. There's <laughs> always like, There's always a Cindy. Like, they're always doing the same things, and they always serve the same purpose, whether it's to sell you something or, you know, give you the same fetch quest. So it's all just bland through and through. And I was very hopeful that, like, you know, when we got into the more linear segments or maybe when you leave that open world, you go to other open worlds with different locales or maybe different races or different, you know, cultures, and you go to Altitia, and it's, like, it's a little more of the same. Uh, they're just, you know, in a different class system, and they're by the sea, you know. There, there's a, a bit of a, a cultural thing because it's, like, that world is more modeled off of, like, European cities, so they have a different lifestyle there. But even still, it's... In itself, very homogenized too. So, yeah. So before we get into, um, I don't know why I'm turning the page on this notebook as if we wrote anything mm-hmm. else. I, I just feel important when I do that. Like, okay, uh, let me check it. No. Um. Now, we've got dungeons on here. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at this list here. Okay. We've got some dungeons. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dungeons are really range from really boring to really fucking clever mm-hmm. to. Why did you put this in this game? Mm-hmm. It, it's very inconsistent, much like the rest of the game. It's very, yeah, it's uneven, because it, it just feels like, you know, they, they had, like, fucking five different people, like, all right, you're the lead of this dungeon, you go do your fucking mm-hmm. thing, and, you know, come back when it's done. And I hope the Pityos guys got a raise, at least. Shit. A raise or killed? Or killed. <laughs> For being put in the dungeon themselves. Because no. obviously that person eats food out of a shoe. And fucks in, a, in, in front of a mirror. <laughs> fucks the shoe and eats out of the shoe and fucks <laughs> in a mirror. Yeah. Um, so they introduced the dungeons in a way where one of the main char- or side characters, core, um, he takes you to a dungeon to find a royal arm, and that's kind of your first intro to it. And then along yeah. the way, you have to. Uh, By the way, fuck that guy. He like he leaves. He just disappears. Well, you see him again. Takes before a you leave. Backflip out of the story, doesn't he? Uh, like like no, half the cast takes a backflip out of the story. We'll get it. You that. see him in Kaim right before you leave for Altisia. Ah, uh, sick, bro. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he gives you the intro to dungeons, and then you find out that there's at least twelve more like that that you have to go to, and you kind mm-hmm. of just encounter them whether through story beats or on your own. And like you said, like some of them are kind of like what? Like some the, of them are brilliant. Though. The one in the like, grotto is really cool. Yeah. Where it's like, no, this is a dungeon, but you're like, no, I'm in a forest. But it's like this labyrinth forest. Yeah. I'm just like, that's a really cool idea. I like that yeah. it's not just like you know in Skyrim, like you know when you go on a little cave quest or whatever, it's always the same yeah. fucking cave. It's always the same fucking skeleton warriors coming at you. Like this one, just all had, the droggers, all the dwemers, all yeah, the same, all the same grudge. It had some variants going on in Final mm-hmm. Fantasy that was that was found really appreciable. And you always end up fighting these really cool enemies at too. Time, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I like the ones that are kind of weaved in with the uh, the landscape. So you have the jungle one, you have the thicket, and then the one in the volcano is pretty cool too. Which the volcano one was really interesting because like, there isn't necessarily a big fight at it unless mm-hmm. you take on a hunt mark. Yes. Sorry, Hunt Mark. Fuck Hunt Mark. Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Um, otherwise, it's just literally just little platforming. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, this is kind of cool. It just wants to show me the game. It wants mm-hmm. to show me the artistry of the game, which it's a beautiful game. I'm going to say that too. I don't, I don't know if we mentioned graphics on here, but the graphics are, I think it's it's a good looking game. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the frame rate stutters and does weird shit from time to time. And some mm-hmm. of the things get lost. I think I only had one issue in terms of performance. Where yeah. I was fishing and uh, the sky was so reflected in the ocean that 
I was fishing in the sky. I remember that. You were fishing <laughs> out of the sky. It was, it was weird. It was so good. Um, but yeah, it, it's a good looking game. Mm-hmm. The Especially when, you know, Noctis has this warp ability and he's got these trails of like blue energy like all around him. And it, mm-hmm. like it looks really cool. Um, we're still in the dungeons though. Are we still in the dungeons? Yeah. You you have more to say about dungeons? Uh, well, you tackled some of the harder ones. I, I, I did. I I tackled all of them. You did. I got through um, uh, kind of an agonizing one last night um, where I felt like the platforming in Sense of Exploration was almost like painful. Uh, where it just the sense of navigation, I just got lost too many times, and I was like, this kind of sucks in a lot of ways. The sewer dungeon sucks. That's the one I was um, doing in the sewer, and now I'm in um, Coastal Mark. Coastal Mark is interesting. I enjoyed it. But I think I might have been higher level than you than when I took it on. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't... It was agonizing. Like, I'm like I was, level 58. I, I was doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't... A, nah, I was probably around there too. Mm-hmm. Um, it was agonizing because like the, the, that's the one that has weird like glyph fucking blocks that you're mm-hmm. stuck in. And you have to like press them to move down or up. And every time you do, a new monster closet opens mm-hmm. up. And they all come attacking you, and you got to fucking get through that fight, and then you got to keep on pressing through. Which is really great until it becomes grueling. Like you get to this point where you have four different uh, elevators that you have to choose between, and then by the third one, you're like, "Wow, I am out of elixirs. I'm out of this. I'm out of that." Because like the more you go down, the enemies like multiply exponentially until you hit the right room. Hmm. So I'm in a room where I'm fighting like three red giants and two medusas, and I'm like, "Ah, I can't. I can't." Like my fights were going on for like thirty minutes or more. (laughs) Yeah, that's great. (laughs) It was. It was grueling to the point of TDM. Yeah. Um, and then you did Pityos, which... Pityos Which is, the game doesn't even prepare you for in any way. There's no <laughs> scale of progression for Pityos. There's nothing in the game like Pityos. It's such a weird... I mean, of course, uh, in a way, it's kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. You have to... It's an endgame dungeon. You can only get it by, uh, spoiler, getting your fucking regalia to fly, which is the worst. you think that would be awesome, but it's no. not. It, it flies worse than it drives. Yeah, try landing that bitch. Oh my god. If you land anywhere but road, you explode instantly. So imagine how difficult it is to get to this like one like it has like a tiny landing strip in mm-hmm. front of Pidios and you have to like crash land. That's the only way I could do it. I had to crash land. And I got stuck there too. I had to like uh, use the tow truck maneuver to get the fuck out of there and I didn't know that for a while. <laughs> that oh, really? I could do that. You've even used that before until that never. Oh, I use that all the time. I never run out of gas. Oh. I use it just to get back to the hammerhead. I yeah, I never do. <laughs> I use it to like move my car around, but I never had to like use it like, oh, you gotta tow me back. Like no. Um, so you go there. There's a bunch of high level enemies in front of the dungeon. You finally go to the dungeon. Your boys disappear. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, fuck yeah, bye. And you're like, what? What's going on? Oh, only enter the dungeon at night. You walk in, and it is a grueling onslaught of platforming puzzles. Is the best way to put it. That require you to use the game's so-so platforming mechanics. Like, I can't even say it's really meant for platforming. They're very so-so. Not very precise. Noctis will keep on walking sometimes if you even have, like, a fucking uh, a pube hair on the stick. <laughs> It'll essentially still keep on walking. And so it it is the most grueling dungeon where you have to, like, precision hop between, between platforms and figure out these really arbitrary things like i i got to a point where i was fucking like three hours into it Mm -hmm. and i got in there by myself too where i was finally like i need to look at a guide i can't fucking do this anymore Mm -hmm. it's killing me it's killing my soul (laughs) it was so bad but it was so i was so impressed because a lot of it was like i hadn't seen anything like this Mm -hmm. since like the old school days like this shit is tough Mm -hmm. 
and it's interesting and you are using every inch of the level to fucking throw me for a loop. I was just like, why is this tucked away in the game? Mm -hmm. What madman who fucks out of shoes as well as eats (laughs) out of them designed this? (laughs) Like, holy shit. But it's just a variety that's offered through the dungeons that I'm just like, the the main main story and certainly the side quests don't have. Mm -hmm. And it's so disappointing. You know? Because The Witcher, like I said, we keep on going back to The Witcher because it's the pinnacle of RPGs at this point. Yeah. It's the bar. Uh, that its story mission are so interesting, take you for, on, on such interesting paths, mm-hmm. sometimes even fucking with the, the way that you'd expect to complete a mission. Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, wow, I didn't think I could do that, you know? Yeah, it would have been cool if there was a story mission or a side quest that took you to Pidios, as opposed to you just having to find it. It would be cool if there was a fucking trophy for Pidios, because I did it. I did it all, and I already mm-hmm. had the platinum at that point. Yeah. You know? I, I, I think that would be the greatest fuck you, the, the greatest, like... <laughs> badge of honor to force people to do videos I think so. to get the platinum because none of those trophies are i think particularly challenging just time consuming just time consuming like you can do them all utterly time consuming. you platinum it i'm too away from the platinum like it's not You're too away from the platinum now. yeah oh. yeah i have um what i have to get look at you three more of the royal arms that i have to get and then i okay. have to fight the adamantois are you saving the adamantois yep. fight i think that would be a good one to do as the last one yeah probably I would really feel like I earned the platinum at that point, as opposed to getting it like, oh, I just hit level 10 for fishing, boom. I mean, you unfortunately don't get a cool screenshot from it. It's not like the moment that you land the killing blow on him, you get a screenshot. You literally go back and talk to Dave. And And that's what it looks. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be platinum. Me standing next to Dave. (laughs) It fucking sucks. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, So we got dungeons. Yeah, yeah, we got a little little cheat sheet here. Um, Talk about the, the Ascension Grid. I like the Ascension Grid because it was easy to understand. I, I've played some Final Fantasies where I'm just like, I don't even know what the fuck this skill system is. <laughs> like, Whether it's like the Crystarium of 13 or like the Sphere Grid of 10. You lost me just saying their names. Yeah, so I'm just exactly. like, what the fuck? Like, this one made sense, and it actually, you would see immediate results mm-hmm. like in battle, and I you thought do. that was pretty cool. And I think that's that's something that, that's more appreciable in an action RPG than it mm-hmm. is something that would be more turn-based. Um, um, and they're all divided under different tabs. So you have ones for teamwork, ones for combat, ones for yeah. survival, magic. So they're all divided, and you can really choose how to allocate your AP smartly. I mean, it's 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 a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on. Um, I think it's organized pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of the only instances of UI that I've seen in in this game <laughs> that actually is good. Fuck. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I appreciate the system. I. I liked it. Um, not everything is like a big old grand, like, you do 20 plus damage. Like, not, it's nothing like that. No. You know, so some of them are just very small changes, but they make a big difference to the combat. And especially when you unlock more techniques for your uh, your party members. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, some of the uh, the moves that I was using with Ignis and whatnot. Like, he has this one move where he can pinpoint an enemy's elemental weakness and then imbue your fucking sword with it. Yes. That was so awesome. That's a cool one. I was like, what the shit? Like, oh, I need this in Pokemon. Right. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> this is amazing. You know, so some of that shit was really clever, and I mm-hmm. think that was really well done. And then they even do minor <laughs> things, like, okay, uh, for the exploration, you get AP and experience while you ride a Chocobo, or you're in the Regalia. It's like, cool, little things that help you Yeah, help you quicker. help you get more points and get all the way there. Um, I think it's still going to take a fucking astronomical amount of time to unlock everything, but I feel like I think so, too, Especially for, like, the ones that cost, like, 333 AP. Correct, but I think a good RPG forces you to choose the way that you want to play yes. rather than just letting everything get unlocked. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a, that's a pratfall of a lot of action uh, games as well. Like Watch Dogs did that, where it's like you unlock everything, who gives a fuck? Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like it matters a little bit more. 
Um, and that was a proud fall of like the last Final Fantasy thirteen. That is where it's like in the Chris Army, you're gonna hit them all with every character. There's no rhyme or reason of which way you go. Like you're gonna do right. it all. Whereas it's like I could end that game and not have gotten everything, but at least I got it the way I wanted to. You know, I shaped mm-hmm. my combat or exploration the way I thought it needed to be for me. Yeah, I'm really happy so. with what my 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 team is doing and all that right now. Um, and then you know you you put magic on here. Magic's really downplayed this time around. Yeah, um, for a system that's a game that's based around like MP in a lot of ways because your royal arms are based off of it. Um, yeah, the, so that's an important distinction to make. It's not to say that like magic is missing from this game. Mm-hmm. It's that it's there. Like actual attack magic, like fire uh, mm-hmm. and, and lightning uh, or mm-hmm. whatever. Lazaga. Yeah, they. Um, it's it takes very the minimized. Seat. Yeah, because it it's like seat. none of your characters are mages necessarily. None of them no. are class based because there no, are no class based characters really. No, not at all. Um, it's just something that you can use. Um, and I, I wish they'd implemented it a little better, um, because like you craft magic on the fly and it's, it's like it, uh, depletes. So like you equip it as like you would a weapon or, you know, an accessory, um, and you use it up until it's done. And then you have to go back into the subset of menus and craft some more. And yeah, it's, it's it, very convoluted. It turned into this meta game that wasn't worth keeping up with. Yeah. Cause there's so much upkeep with the magic system where it's just like, I don't care because what I'm doing is working. And you have to find bottles for the magic and all this other shit like i do use magic like flying enemies yeah i use it against them when i'm like not using my warp strike or whatever else warp strike and i'm done i really didn't give a shit about using magic Mm -hmm. because it it took up it takes up a slot you get four slots in the game on the Mm d-pad and you can assign weapons to each one or you can put magic in one of those slots and i was just like eh fuck it I'd rather have a great sword, a spear, a normal sword, maybe mm-hmm. some guns in there. Magic's hit or miss, too, because like yeah. you can effectively hit you know, an enemy, but you also might hit your team. I didn't notice that you can hurt your team. Yes, you can. Like if yeah, they're in weird. the, there's a radius to where you throw the attack, and if your team is in it, they'll be affected. By so it. everything about magic is just really bullshit. Um, this game. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I didn't really enjoy. It's unfortunate because like the the world of Final Fantasy is a world of fantasy, and like mana and magic based attacks have been so big. But I guess because yeah. there's like there aren't classes and you know certain things like that, like it kind of just maybe they didn't feel like it was as necessary. I think so. I th- I think their problem was they were trying to go for a more realistic stroke with this game. Um, and they just didn't quite know how to make magic and shit like that work with it. Mm-hmm. I can see that where it's it's more hack and slashy, beat em up, fucking yeah. You know that, that makes sense. Um, so I want to get a little bit into the characters here. I know we've got some number two. You put controls and mechanic problems and. I think we touched on some mechanical problems. Mm-hmm. Wonky camera and whatnot. Yeah, wonky camera. And X for thing, jump. <laughs> I, I would say X for jump is probably the most ridiculous thing because, like, X, you jump with X, but also you activate certain commands with X as well. And, like, sometimes it's horrible. you'll be in the middle of a, a, a gate that you have to, like, you know, unlock and it'll say proceed, but you're jumping in, in lieu of, like, moving forward, like, in terms of progression. Yeah, you have to be like, completely still and looking what? at it direct. Like, it's it's so dumb. It's like, or even in terms of, like, that? turning in quests. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I gotta go turn in a fucking quest to, like, Dave guy over there. And, like, I'm jumping all over him. I can't turn in the quest because, like, it's very particular. That's true. So. I do want to take it. I, I want to spotlight something that really worked for me and worked for a lot of other people. Mechanically? Uh, not mechanically. The combat. I'll oh, keep combat. on going back to the yeah, combat. Okay. Combat's fucking great. The characters really work. And I can't even say that they really work through the course of the story. We're mm-hmm. going to get into the story in a second. But I think they work as a group, as a unit. I one thing that I, I talked about a long time ago when I first played the preview is that I realized playing this game how lonely open world games are. Mm-hmm. Like when you're the Dovakin 
or Geralt or the, or the Lone Vault Hunter. The Lone Vault Hunter because I don't play Borderlands with other people. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Oh, the Lone Survivor from Fallout. Oh, no, is that what you mean? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's lonely playing an open world game. You know, mm-hmm. the only you know your only interactions are with assholes that give you quests or barter with you and mm-hmm. then you go back in the open world and fuck off like you have a crew with you mm-hmm. and they know you and they interact with each other and they have dialogue and they have jokes and, and they, they give you commentary on each other or mm-hmm. the world around you like when you're in the regalia like the world feels less empty because like you're with your friends and they're talking about it you know they're right it, it feels more really involved. works and uh, unfortunately the story doesn't do much to flesh out these characters as much as just fucking around in the open world does yeah you know I th- that's when you kind of get the most um <clears throat> build for each character right you get to know, you know about their personalities and mm-hmm. shit you know like i i think prop great i think he's you know, he's fucking funny he's got heart mm-hmm. uh gladio's He's kind of weird, but, you know. He, he's weird. He you means know, he, well. He's the overprotected bodyguard yeah. type. Yeah, Ignis is kind of the den mother of the group. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see this kind of dynamic between these people that have been friends for a while. Mm-hmm. or And the, their whole lives are centered around Noctis, this mm-hmm. person. Because they're his, like, Kingsguard, essentially. Right. They And they became that. And you kind of get a sense for that, too, where it's like, these guys weren't chosen. Mm-hmm. You know? These guys weren't, uh, or I mean to say they at least weren't born into these roles. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this is not their destiny. They they, they were, like, handpicked. Right, they were handpicked because this is who what Noctis wanted around him. Mm-hmm. Like, you get a great sense for that. And I'm like, that's, that's fucking cool. I like that. I will say Noctis is such a non-fucking character. Yeah, he's very one-dimensional. It's it's very unfortunate because like I I was watching Brotherhood and you get more of a sense of who he is from those right. and more depth Mm-mm. in that than you do in the actual game itself. It isn't until like later on in like the last chapters that you really get a sense of like any dimension with him. And I understand that it is a uh, kind of a design uh, philosophy okay. to allow players to project on your main characters. So try to make them a blank slate almost. You know. Like, uh, a lot of great action heroes are like that, where they're just a fucking blank slate of a dude, says one-liners, and lets you slip into it. But I don't think that quite works for a game that's fucking, uh, could be 80 hours. It's an RPG thing, in specific. Because that's very much Fallout, it's very much Skyrim, it's very much all those games, where it's like, that's not very much Final Fantasy. And I'll go back to it, I think that's why The Witcher is fucking brilliant and embarrasses Bethesda in every regard. Because they understood that, no... I understand you want to do your stupid creative character, mm-hmm. but if I give you a character that's nuanced and has personality, you're going to love this ride a lot more than mm-hmm. just having your fucking blank char- yeah. blank slate character. Because I I wanted to like Noctis as much as I love the rest of his, his bros, mm-hmm. but like he, I, I had trouble reacting to the world because he wasn't reacting he to He wasn't reacting at all. He just didn't have a say in it. Yeah. And I was just like, you should have the most say about mm-hmm. this. Like, you're the king, like, on this fucking bachelor trip, road trip to fucking, yeah. you know, meet your bride-to-be. And, like, you should have a say in what's going on. Like, you're meeting these little cows who know of you, you know? Make something of it. Uh, instead, we get these very shallow experiences with him where it's like, you know, he finds out his dad dies. He doesn't even really wince, you know? He finds out all this other stuff that happens, like, and it's just like, there's no impact that the world seems like it's having on him until it's too late. Right, um, and, uh, you know, and I, I know they're trying to go for stoicism, and maybe something is lost in translation there, but mm-hmm. I, it just, it didn't hit. Yeah. It didn't land for me. Noctis, he's okay. Like, he's not he's terrible. Okay. There's terrible characters in the series, and he's not a terrible character. No. Cindy's a terrible character. I don't, I don't particularly care for her now. She's but, so bad. What the fuck? 
The core four, though, um, you struggle in Final Fantasy games a lot of time to care about everybody that's in your party, but because it feels like more of like a, a kinship than anything, like I felt so connected to all of them, but I cared so deeply for each of them. Like I want to know what happened to them, like on screen or off screen. Like they mattered, you know. That was a party that like we didn't necessarily build of our own will. It was put in front of us, but they gave us a party to care about. Right, and. Although I do think that would have been a more interesting decision because especially you have some moments in the game where guest characters kind of rove around with your party, like Aranea. You have like Aranea, Bounty Hunter, Core, and Iris that come in and they yeah. have different like movesets and uh, they almost play as like different um, role types as well because Iris is, um, she's like a, a white mage. So she does healing and stuff like that. And you have Aranea who's more combat based. So it would have been cool to have like rotating characters like that, but and I think it would have been cool for us to kind of choose who we want in our party. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have changed the, I guess, vision for the game. Yeah, cause but it's... but that falls in line with Final Fantasy, you know, sure. like it falls in line with modern games too. Like Mass Effect did that, where mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, cool, you can still do missions and hang out and know these characters, but they don't necessarily have to be in your party all mm-hmm. the time. You know, you could still do loyalty quests. Loyalty quests in this game, what were they? Let me go fishing. Let me stir uh, a pot for you, Ignis. <laughs> Let's go take a photo five feet away. You they know, were so dumb. They were very dumb. I, I, I really wanted to go on missions that expanded on these characters, mm-hmm. and we got to know a little bit more about them. Especially, like, you know, if we went to anywhere that wasn't just that Disguy, whatever the fuck open world that we were in. Mm-hmm. You know, like, maybe go to where Prompto was raised. Mm-hmm. Actually, he was in Insomnia, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay, I almost went into a spoiler territory there. We're gonna get there, kids. Don't worry. Everything's been non-spoiler yeah. so far. The, the, lo- good. the loyalty quest would have been just anything, really. It would have been great, but instead, you get nothing. You get you okay. Don't. We're gonna go pick flowers for Iris. We're gonna go catch the leash of the lake. We're gonna do these things. Um, well. So yeah, the characters, um, the core group, amazing. Uh, I think they didn't switch it up because that's what the game is about. It's about your cuff, your group. And mm-hmm. the experience you have along the way with them, whether you take a brisk walk through the open world and take eighty hours, or you whisk right through the story, you know, it's just about your journey with them. I wanted more of the other characters though, because like the ones that they make you care about that you have interplay with are great. Right, Erinea like, was like so fucking cool, so nuanced. There's a lot about her. Iris, I loved her. It's just the weird um, minor characters that kind of like hold it back too for me, like Cindy, people like that. Just weird, yeah, weird choice on her all the way. Like, I think we talked about it before, but it's just, just what are you doing? Yeah, people love her, and you know, you grow to find out that there's a lot more to her backstory, obviously, but still, it didn't really make me care for why they put her in the game anymore. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. it is it, very clearly she's there just to be eye candy, and it's just like mm. eye candy, and it's like nobody talks like that. No. Nobody in this fucking world has that heck ass accent that you think exists. Nope, not even said. Not even said. So. So I think it's time to get into some spoilers, sir. Okay, spoiler territory. I think it's time to dive right into the story because cool. I have some feelings about this story. You do. So and you have some feelings about the story. I do. We have kind of uh, differing mm-hmm. points on the story. Somewhat. I will say as a preface. Um, so Kingsglaive and Brotherhood, and the their necessity to the story. Uh, I think they give some clarity to some events that occur, but there really isn't anything. So not said in the main game that, that occurs in King's Glaive. Yeah. I think that, that matters. So Brotherhood, you build the relationships between the characters right. a little more. You get a sense of their history. That's great. It enriches the In experience. fact, I like Brotherhood way more than King's Glaive. King's Glaive doesn't really give you anything past um, Arden's motivation. 
not even like you don't really find out his motivation till later on. You figure out that he was a main player in the the marriage arrangement between yeah. Little, I, I think that Freya. that changed for you when you finally play, like finish the game. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, so that's what Arden's about. It's like, nah, you don't know anything about Arden. <laughs> Watching Kingsclave, it's like it doesn't reveal exactly. the big thing about him. So like he's still the same person regardless of that. And you find out um, what Luna Freya was doing on the way to uh, Altesia. That's a really question cool. we did not have. So yeah, and they, so I find out too that they bring Nyx back, who is like that the head of the Kingsclave. He's, like, in the final boss fight room, like, in the throne room, where there are these, like, bodies that are hanging from, like, the, the throne, and one of them is supposed to be Nyx's body. Are you fucking kidding <laughs> yeah. me? Like, why would you put him in there? Are you fucking kidding Like, to, to kind of, like, rile up Noctis. Like, Noctis doesn't yeah, know Yeah, I was wondering, because I was is. looking up that. First of all, that was really grim. Yeah. For a Final Fantasy game, game that was the grimmest shit that I have ever seen it do. Where I was like, dude... His fucking dad mm-hmm. and his Luna, and his fiance, and some other two bullshitters <laughs> were hanging off the ceiling. It was Nix and some other dude. It's like, okay, we didn't know who Nix was. Nix was. Yeah, <laughs> I was so confused. I was like, who are these people? And if you don't know Nix, Nix is uh, the main character of Kingsley, voiced by Aaron Paul. <laughs> what a stupid decision! Now I'm just mad. Now, all right, all right. So, okay, we're, so the story. We're gonna uh, run through the story. So first of all, like the story really doesn't start until you leave the open world. And it's such a bizarre well, choice. The, the premise of being in the open world even is like, okay, you set off from um, insomnia because your yeah. dad is like, okay, we've arranged this marriage pact. You're basically going to go... You're going to go meet Luna Frey. You're going to meet Luna Frey, your bride-to-be. You're going to meet her in... Uh, where we is haven't it, seen her in 12 years, but apparently you have some sort of no. attachment toward. And you can tell there's an attachment via cutscenes because that's where there's the most chemistry. Because there's the a dog ones. that delivers little journal entries despite the fact that everyone has cell phones in this final fantasy. Right. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's the premise for you setting out into the open <laughs> world to, to board a boat and go meet your bride-to-be. But shit happens along the way, yeah. obviously, mm-hmm. and the story and the plot thickens. Boom. Does the plot thicken? I think it congeals. <laughs> it congeals in the weirdest ways. Um, so, essentially, look, look, there, there, I stand by it. Nothing, nothing of note happens in the story until you leave the open world. You, the only thing that gets mentioned is that, oh yeah, Insomnia was overtaken by like chapter two. Okay, so that was it. a lot of what you learn about the story happens on the fray. You find out from people that the nights are getting longer, which is like a main story point later on with the uh-huh. night scourge or whatever it's called. Which uh, I missed completely. Nobody, you, it wasn't even really a big fucking deal. No, and it becomes such a huge part in like the last right. like two chapters where it's like, oh, that's what this game was about? Okay. Oh, um, weird. And then, then you find out other things that happen like um, in, I think it's chapter three where... Um, the Niflheim Empire basically attacks Insomnia and, you know, King Regis falls and Luna Freya and Nakas are presumed dead. You find out about that shit via, like, radio transmissions and through, like, minor characters. And it's Great not choice. Even, it's not even handed to you via, like, any important plot device, which is really unfortunate. To remove us from those events literally does that. It removes us from those events. And it doesn't... I have no attachment. I have no feeling toward it one way or another. Much like Noctis. Every Final Fantasy has put me in the fucking middle mm-hmm. of every of conflict or this conflict mm-hmm. or anything going on especially when it's like about your home like home world right. like, yeah of course it's gonna fuck and i'm home. removed from this shit you know it, it's, it's such a weird choice which is even more baffling to me that they... actually no, no no i'm sorry it's not a weird choice it's a bad choice okay it's a bad it's choice. a poor choice yeah yeah the fact that they even had to add cutscenes in the beginning that supplemented what happened, like I think initially there wasn't even the scene where they show what happens to King Regis. It's just nothing. They just, just say that he's dead, right? Yeah, they just say that he's dead. It's like, wow, how much more shallow of an experience that would have been had it not been in there. All right. Let's so yeah, the story opens up a bit when you leave um, the open world. 
You lead the open yeah. world, and I want to get to the next horrible thing. Actually, that occurred. I would say no. That there's more story in the open world because you find out that you of are of royal descent um, via the King of Lusai, um, and you find out that you have powers that you have to unlock. And um, Astral, uh, his dad does all these things, mm-hmm. and he doesn't think he's the next in line. He doesn't think about it. No, Kor has to tell him. No, that does, that's not right. That's exactly. What that doesn't it is. make any fucking sense. I mean, it doesn't make sense, but that's how the story delivers it to you. Anywho. So, and also, like, you, he, a big part of the story is, like, the summons that he comes across that he needs to awaken to basically further his cause to take down the Empire. So that's a lot of stuff that happens in the open world, like, on the fray. I, I still, uh, yeah, I really didn't get the whole summon thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't get how, like, all right, you gotta kill them, and then they'll be your friends. Kind of bullshit going yeah. on there. You end up in these huge fights, and Titan obviously wants to crush Noctis mm-hmm. when you first encounter him. And then I remember somebody having a line of dialogue going like, yeah, he wanted to give you his power. Like, what the fuck? Right? No. I wasn't getting that at all. I wasn't getting that at all. Like, I remember having a fight with that motherfucker. It's just such a weird story. And, the, the, okay, so this is where it jumps the shark for me, where I'm just like, nah, I can't really be about this. Luna Freya's death. Mm-hmm. When you go to Altitia, when you fight Leviathan, which was a weak-ass boss fight, by the way. I hated it. Uh, the whole flying mechanic and all that did not work. That was, was that not was good. two of two Titan fights that really didn't sit well with me because the, the first one with the Archean, the Titan himself, like that was a horrible boss fight. Yeah, and then to have this weird like flying one where the whole world is like fucking like torn asunder and like everything's floating with you, it's like it didn't work. But it didn't work. Okay, it, but it serves as a set piece for Luna Freya's death. Luna Freya's death. Uh, Arden betrays her can you call it betrayal <laughs> i mean for somebody like who walks wore, he's, he works for the empire yeah, right. like, duh. Really betrayal. <laughs> why, why do you even talk to him i mean i feel like he's more often betraying the empire by helping us like awaken these titans yeah <laughs> like, yeah so. like he tries to help you here and there and you think like oh this dude's pretty cool he looks like uh fucking johnny yeah. depp out of uh alice in wonderland <laughs> but you know this time like traveling him. centurion shush cat shush we're talking final fantasy um and then Luna Freya, a character which, in the, through the course of the game, Noctis does not meet or speak to in person, nope. is murdered in front of him. Mm-hmm. And it has this heavy emotional resonance. And it's like, in a, in a series that typically has very strong female characters, mm-hmm. and I, again, I, I think I want to stop saying strong female characters, what I mean to say is well-written. <laughs> or as well written as their male counterparts. Yeah. Is is what I mean when people say strong female characters, which is like, oh, she's written like a normal person mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of a fucking scapegoat. Yeah. Or a plot device. This game is surprising in that it does treat her like a plot device. Mm-hmm. She literally is there to further the ambitions of Noctis, mm-hmm. to give him fuel, fuel to his rage or whatnot. And, and even the way they write off so her death stupid. in the end, where it's like, okay, she knew she had to die. Like, Regis knew he had to die for Noctis for all this purpose. It's like, well, you could have done more with her. You could have made her serve more as just a device to get him from fucking the open world to the end point. Like, if you were to tell would, me, like, okay, well, these two characters are definitely in love, I would slap you in the face. Like, what? I'd be like, what the fuck and how? Yeah. How are they in love? They don't know each other. They don't. They met when they were children. Okay? So his fond, loving memories are of a child. Yeah. Sit on that. <laughs> and there's a 12-year uh, time gap between them even knowing each other like that. So. fucking stupid. It's just it, like, it, it's... 
I don't know who wrote this. <laughs> it's, it's unfortunate, too, because... This like, Nevada. Did Nevada write this? You get these great moments in, in the past or with Luna Frey, like, tending to the, the, the country folk. And it's like, wow, I want more of her as a character. I want yeah, more doing interplay Yeah, Oracle with, shit. You know? I want interplay with her with characters that matter, and you don't get that at any point. You never get her interacting with anybody in your party or anybody of, like, main consequence. It's like, no, it's, like, townsfolk. And, and not only do they Gentiana. kill her... They kill her dog. They do? Do you remember? And it's just like a throwaway line. The dog from the fucking Brotherhood anime that was such a big part of Prompto's backstory is just like, by the way, they fucking just snapped its neck and pissed it down its throat. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck? Bet it's a Leviathan. What happened? Who did this? It's like, I don't know. It might have been Luna herself. I don't know. Shit. <laughs> it was so bad. So I, I remember the scene because like it pissed me off actually. I, I was mad because I think you you knew I was going to get to it and you knew I was going to be upset about it. Yeah, you, you were upset. And I was very. I actually didn't play the game for the rest of the day. I was like, what the hell just happened? I was like, okay, I guess I have to sit on that and take that for what it was. It's like, dude, just give me one chapter with the two of these characters finally interacting with each other. And get if you want to give me great tragedy, give me great hope. Mm. Give me hope between the two of them. You know, that they think they're going to get married, that they're in love, that they're, they're, they're meeting each other for the first time in 12 years. It's such a great fucking moment. But hey, we have this responsibility on our shoulders. we got to go back and do our job. Mm-hmm. we got to go, let's summon this Leviathan, do our fucking shit, rather yeah. than try to finger ban, bang each other for a whole chapter. I would have preferred that. You know, Instead, I wanted something like that. You get moments of, hey guys, we're in Alticia. I hear her wedding dress is here. Let's go see it. And through that, you get, like, emotional resonance of how Noctis feels about, you know, being a king on a journey, but also a, 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 a king to be, yeah, you know? Such a poor, poor, poor choice. And I, I never got a chance to really care about Luna Freya. Like, nope. she literally was a device. I wanted to care about her. Yeah, I was and like, I do. I'm, who is she? You I'm know? bothered by her death. Like, that really was... I was, bo- it was bothered because yeah, it was just such flagrantly bad writing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, what are you doing? It's like, okay, we have to kill somebody off. It's been a few chapters. She right. seems good. Right. And, and we, we talked about before, it's referred to in comics as women in refrigerators, mm-hmm. where a character is introduced, a female character, and her death or her rape or her suffering mm-hmm. is used to further the intents of a male mm-hmm. character. That's exactly what happened here. And I was just like... Dude, you're better than this. Right? <laughs> you, this, you're, you're so much better. You guys than have this. been the forerunners in video game script writing for decades, and you did this shit. Like, yeah. Come on. I was so surprised. So we move on, and we get a, a few linear chapters, which mm-hmm. I was so, I was shocked by as well because I was just like, I thought we we're gonna get some more open world shit. Right? Yeah. Like you go, you go to LTSC, you get the summit, and then you find out that there's a royal arm nearby, and you take a train to it, and it's like this really interesting region too. It's like set in the desert, um, and you go through like a, like a Ignis mine. is blind for no reason. Oh yeah, yeah, he gets blinded in the fight from Leviathan. They don't really tell you mm-hmm. why. Yeah, it's one of these very glaring omissions, and it happens three times mm-hmm. in the story with each and of the characters. So obvious that it's meant to be held away as DLC. Mm-hmm. Gladio, Gladio goes away. Just gone for like two chapters or whatever the fuck. It was like one and a half. Yeah, it was like one chapter. Comes back again, has a new fucking scar on his face. And you're Mm -hmm. like, what the fuck happened there? And he's just like, you should see the other guy. (laughs) And apparently he fought, what's that guy's name? Uh, What is his name? It's not Ragnarok. The clown bitch. The clown. Clown looking bitch. Yeah, that's going to be his DLC. What is his name? Garrelish. Garrelish the clown. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. (laughs) There we go. We, we find out, oh yeah, his DLC fights Gildamesh. I'm like, motherfucker, what? what? Yeah. You, you're, really, you're literally ripping out parts of the story 
to make DLC. You're not you're not making supplemental content at that point. No. <laughs> like that that's literally like walking into a fucking movie and just like, all right, so this part where Harry Potter gets his Horcrux, let's fucking cut that bitch out <laughs> for the DVD. <laughs> like, what? like what the fuck? That makes me so mad. <laughs> it's like he shows up and like I got the final Horcrux. How? <laughs> you should see the other guy. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> You can't do that to people, dude. But yet they've been doing it the whole time because they've been piecemealing the story since the fucking anime. So, like, why wouldn't they do right, it in the main right, story? Right, like, right, right. Ignis whatever. goes blind off screen. Like, okay. You're like, well, how did that happen? And he's like, you should see. Oh, I can't see. That's <laughs> <Fuck. laughs> so bad. Hmm. So, yeah, you get, you get yeah. positioned into these linear segments. And, you know, uh, following that one, you're with a party and you have Ignis, who is now blind. And it really changes the dynamic of the group and everything that happens, like, in terms of gameplay, really. Where mm-hmm. you're actually, like, slowed down by him in the party. And he's weighed down by, it, like, Noctis himself. Like, he has grief over the loss of Luna Frey and what happened to his friend. And um, it kind of changes the way the group looks at him. Because even Gladios is like, okay, quit, you know, moping around. Quit being this little whiny bitch prince. Like, be a king. And he's like, uh, my bride-to-be just kind of died. And my best friend is kind of blind because of me. But it's okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that, it, it's a great argument. Yeah. <laughs> it is. The train chapters are just weird. They are weird. The only really cool part was when you, uh, you meet Shiva. I thought that was pretty dope. I wouldn't say that's the only cool part. I mean... What's the other cool part? You go to that first dungeon after leaving Altesia. That's pretty cool. That dungeon was whatever. I mean, it was cool. It wasn't cool. It was cooler than fucking some of the other ones I've been in. It's cooler than the sewer. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't and, cool to drag around Ignis. And the, no, it wasn't. That and shit sucks. So they do Why the, punish me for the story's faults? <laughs> they do this this fake out thing where you think, oh, cool, I have like a dialogue tree where like I can choose to bring Ignis with me or leave him on the train. No, you have to bring them either way. I do want to mention that the, there are some weird dialogue tree moments in the game. There are. Trying to be Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And none of them matter. They don't change anything. No. I want you to know that. And so my question is, why did you put them in the game? Why if only to fuck this? with us and make it think it was something new and progressive. Do you think that would be fun for people? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why I want to sit down with somebody. Tabata, did you think the dialogue trees were fun? <laughs> He's like, I just want to try something new, Kevin. Oh, that's cool. How about try it on a on a game that wasn't in uh, development for ten years? Fuck. <laughs> you fucking asshole. <laughs> and so we move on, and, and the, the train segments move on with us. Let's. We want to skip a little bit. Uh, let's go to chapter thirteen. Okay. Because I don't think there's anything particularly memorable about. There's a few fights. Well, the thing is, like, they give you these set pieces that are cool and very amazing. Like, you go to Tenebrae along the way to, um, uh, I forget where you're Right, going. that's right before chapter 30. You, right before chapter, you go to Tenebrae, and it's like, this is a place that's referenced so often, and you only get to see it in the background. Like, it's right. under siege by the Empire. It's like, the, the fucking strongholds are on fire. Like, oh, shit, I want to go there. I get why I can't, but it's just like, it just serves as, like, a set piece. I very literally thought that I was, oh, I'm going to go into the castle. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to, like, maybe get into a fight. Maybe there's something i got to find in there. Maybe I see where Luna Freya lived and kind of get a sense for what I really lost. Maybe I can smell her underwear. Maybe I can smell her panties. Yeah. You know? Something. No. You know? Which is more interaction I would have had with her in the last 12 years. Um, but that doesn't happen. You actually get a dialogue with an old woman that says a dog got killed. A dog got killed and you learn about Ravis a little more. It's like, oh, okay. I would say I still don't. What the fuck? Ravis? What? Right. So, 
you get to chapter 13, and chapter 13 is... <sighs> a huge shift in everything. It's a shift tone, in gameplay, gameplay and tone. And No, I can't say it's one of the worst things that the series has ever done. I think there are some chapters that are just fucking... Not chapters, but switch-ups in gameplay that are just fucking bewildering. But I think for going from an open world game that had... You have everything at your arsenal. A, f- a four-team body. Mm-hmm. A four-team body. A, f- a four-person team mm-hmm. and weapons and arsenal. And it strips you of everything. Like you lose your party. You lose all of your magic, all of your skills, all of your right. weapons. Because Arden, the main villain at this point, he takes it all from you. And it forces you to unlearn everything that's great about the game. Right. In terms and of combat. It's not representative of anything that you could possibly enjoy about Final Fantasy XV. Which is why I still think it is the worst chapter. But I... It's I have to argue because it does this thing that the, the series does in reverse where it's like a lot of the other games they start you off with nothing and they build you towards having a great skill set or being in the sort of like character you want having the play style that you want through the end of the game it's like this one it's like okay well they did the opposite where it's like they strip you of everything they're making you just do these corridor segments and find a fight enemies in new ways that you didn't have to before I and I didn't necessarily think it was a horrible decision. I think just for how long it went on at times and the pacing of it, that was probably the, the misstep. Pacing was really bad. Yeah, I don't mind them changing up the gameplay. Like, I don't mind them mm-hmm. taking away my weapons and making me have, like, the Ring of Lucide be my only, like, combat component. It was interesting to use. Okay, so, so but... here's a weird thing. It is the preceding chapter to the last chapter of the game. Mm-hmm. That is the absolutely worst fucking time that you can change the conventions of a game. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do that shit, do it somewhere in the middle of the fucking game. Do it on a side shoot. Don't do it at the very end of the fucking game. Because what it did for me was that it killed all momentum of that fucking it's game. It took out the Immediately. Okay. Fucking crushed the momentum of that game. It turned into a sneaking game, a horror game, mm-hmm. out of nowhere, where you're fighting these fucking skeletal monsters that jump up at you, and if they find you, it turns into this grueling, stupid fight where your only means of attacking them is to fucking dodge. Mm-hmm. No! Dodge, drain their health, or just hide. And the, the health drain is really slow, so mm-hmm. it's not even a good uh, a good means of using, except for against like little elf bitches. Yeah. It was... I was yeah, I was kind of flabbergasted. I was like, dude, and I couldn't believe it went on for. I felt like I was doing that chapter for fucking four hours. It went on for about like two to three hours. It was so long, and I, I, I you know, I, I told myself like I heard the problems of chapter thirteen, and I didn't necessarily know exactly what they were talking about. I was just like, couldn't be that bad. Mm-hmm. Went through it. No, yeah, it is that bad. It is that bad. It's flagrantly bad, and mm-hmm. and a lot of the shit. So a lot of the revelations of the game happen in chapter thirteen, and I'm just like. This is some of the worst shit that you can do. In a chapter that leaves such a bad taste in your mouth that you're trying to make me swallow the pill of all these fucking twists and turns of the mm-hmm. narrative? No, thank you, sir. They could have built to it a lot more cleanly, especially because, like, uh, chapters leading up to that moment, like, uh, I would say 10, 11, and 12, they're so short. They're, like, sometimes, like, 20-minute chapters, and it's like, you could have built so much more depth and story there. Why save it all for this last... You know. That was the, the other bewildering choice, too, where a lot of these chapters, like you're saying, are short. Mm-hmm. And then 13 was like, let's make this four hours. <laughs> like, we really like this sneaking shit. It's like, 
It's like they were developing this game for ten fucking years and got bored of making open world, <laughs> like, <laughs> open just, world segments. Let's <laughs> do something innovative that other game developers will use from here on out. No, <laughs> no one's gonna use it. Kojima's already used it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just felt like I was like, what? What is this? And like, I didn't hate it. I understood that you go to the Empire and there's a different tone there. Like, the whole place is overrun by demons. All the Magitek armor that they've been like harvesting because they basically like they capture demons to basically take their energy and use them for like building like. Uh, what is it, mechas and soldiers to fight yeah, in this war. Um, and it shows how this empire has become overrun by the technology that they try to use. So it's really dark, cool, super desolate. Why fuck with the way the game plays to get that point across? There was no reason to. In fact, I would have been happy if it was like literally 126 fucking levels of fighting enemies okay. until so, I got to the end. I would have preferred that I would that say that more. gameplay mechanic is maybe only an hour of it, an hour of the two. Mm. You get... Your father's sword back, like halfway through. Which strains your health when you use it to attack, and it doesn't feel as good as using your full arsenal. No, but it at least kind of made the ease of combat a little better. (laughs) It's not like you have to drain everything with your ring. Better because they fucked it up. You gotta remember, like, you're trying to thank them for the the lifesaver they threw at you, but they're the ones that threw you to drown. Like a deflated (laughs) lifesaver. They were the ones that did this to you. They attacked you okay. when they didn't have to. <laughs> so the, it's hard to be an apologist when they're the ones with the knife to my throat. Like, whoa, at least the, bl- the blade is dull. <laughs> like, they, they're killing me. <laughs> it's the best way I can put it. And then Ravis is dead, but he's a zombie. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Chapter 13 is abysmal fucking abysmal it's like a master class in what not to do in script writing <laughs> in script writing in game design because yeah a lot of things actually. it's like they literally just got bored and made a different game within the oh <laughs> this cat scared the shit out of me they, they give you this thing too with ravis where like he is kind of a flattery character you you know he's on the side of the empire you know he's out for revenge because like his mother died and you know he's out for noctis and he wants to like you know bring him down and like no, I get I, I get it this way, but by the end of it, I had like, no problem with the story elements. I had a, just the gameplay fucking well, fucking choke. No, I was gonna out. say like you get to that point with Ravis, and then like you find out that he's actually like fighting on your side, and you find out his story via like fucking like pieces of paper that you find, which is such a stupid. Which choice. is like why? Such what if I miss choice. those? You're delivering like really crucial character points, right? And now they're saying Ravis. that they're they're trying to add more cutscenes to give you a clearer image of his intentions, mm-hmm. and I'm just like. Dude, I'm not gonna go back to play this story. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah, I, I did it. I played the game that you released, mm-hmm. and, and that's it. you're that's telling me it wasn't done. Maybe you should spend more time with it. And I think it's admirable to try to uh, fix your game because, especially, um, I was listening to Jim Sterling's commentary about this, and he made the point where it's like, well, you got to remember, it, it seems like, oh fuck, they forced out an unfinished game with the intention of finishing later. But not necessarily. A game is most profitable within its first month to two months. Mm-hmm. That's like the sweet spot. After that, it doesn't make any fucking sense. So a lot of these changes that we're going to see are going to happen way down the line. Well, I wouldn't say way down the line, but way past the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. So they're literally just doing it because they want to make it better. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of admirable in a way. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, oh shit, all right. I'm not going to fucking, you know, slam them for this. It's not the worst thing that they've done. Yeah, their story is inconsistent. Yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, you have to fucking mine for it in supplemental places. But also, like, Final Fantasy stories, like, as for as great as they are, they're not always, like, delivered to you, like, in a neat way. Like, you know, characters come and go. Motivations are always, like, black and white. Like, you know, it's... 
there's a lot of weirdness in gray area to the stories, and I feel like this kind of delivers a fundamental experience on that ground. Mm-hmm. But at least by the end of any other Final Fantasy game, like you know the full story by the end. You know the reason all this stuff happened. Even if a character drops in and out, you know what he was by the end. And I don't even have a sense of resolution for all the characters. I don't you know, necessarily know how I should feel about half of them. And we're not going to know until they patch it all in. We don't even know if uh, Ignis, Prompto, and Gladio are dead. It's presumed that they are. What the fuck? Because they die like nothing if that's the case. Um, So chapter 13 and then chapter 14. Yeah, I want to talk about chapter um, 14. What you think is one of the greatest disservices the game gives you. And in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Um, Okay, first of all, chapter 14 mm -hmm. is uh, essentially... You come out of your crystal prison. Which Arden really wants you inside of, although it seems to be a lot easier just to kill me before I get thrown into the hyperbolic time chamber. (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Nothing makes sense anymore. Like, the story just fucking just starts rewriting itself as it happens. But chapter 14 is is a breath of fresh air in comparison to 13. Mm -hmm. However, it makes one huge error in my mind, Mm -hmm. which is there's a 10-year gap in between the events of chapter 13 and chapter 14. So you're kind of like stuck in this weird prison with Bahamut, which I don't know what you guys are doing, fucking watching Nick at Night together ten goddamn <laughs> years. watching like Bewitched. Until little Noctis becomes... Uh, the king that the, the king. wants him to be. Yeah, the king of the Lucy. He comes on out, and it's been a uh, apparently ten years of eternal darkness. Mm-hmm. Nighttime is all the time. Overtaken. And everyone that Noctis has known is constantly fighting demons. Mm-hmm. They're all hunters at that point. And little so, Talkit, the boy with the cactuars, he's now a fucking right. truck driver with a blade. Right. And you meet up with your cohorts and they really don't have anything bad to say. They're not like, Where the fuck you abandoned us? Yeah. They're like there's just nothing. They're just like, Hey man, good to see you. Yeah. And then he Like we saw you get sucked into that crystal. You screamed. Uh, right. Are you good? <laughs> We tried to stab Arden, but, you know, he was too fast for us. And it's like, n- no, he just got up and tipped his hat and walked away. <laughs> um, and you guys didn't do anything, and Ignis is blind, so fuck it. Um, and you, Noctis is like, we're going to end this fight tonight. And they're like, yeah, cool. We, we've been waiting for Sounds you. Sounds good to me. <laughs> like, you're finally a king. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> so stupid. And I'm just like, dude, do you know how fucking, like, painstaking as a writer for me to see the fact that these guys went through 10 years of eternal darkness without the person that thrust them into this adventure to begin with mm-hmm. and not have anything to say to, to to not be like hey what the fuck to for the game to not even try to cover these 10 years in no. some way it's a huge fuck you it's just like it's the dumbest cheapest trick in storytelling it I'm is just like no dude fuck you fuck who wrote this fuck the people that swallow this down. <laughs> this sucks it sucks i'm sorry the 10 year gap is so i'm just like dude it would have been cooler if they gave you more time with it it's like they exactly you take a boat back from the fucking crystal prison with bahamut and you take a ship back to galden key which is where you initially are supposed to depart from right, until right, fucking right. art is like uh-uh-uh. Right. And you come back and there are just demons everywhere. Like everywhere you know is a safe haven is no longer safe. Um, and they're just fucking demons everywhere. And the world is overcome with darkness and fucking the worst like why, storms. Why couldn't you give me some... T- okay, so he comes back. He doesn't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Okay? That would be cool. Like I don't know what to do next. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what we're doing. And we get like maybe 
two chapters in this eternal darkness world. That would have been cool. So we get a chance to see, like, where have you guys been? What has been keeping you going? Mm -hmm. Maybe people have erected these fucking, like, they have a new faith around the Lucy or some shit mm -hmm. because they're like, hey, the Lucy will return. Our king will return. Yeah. You know? Like, they have this ramble going, that Noctis is going to come back. Do something like that. It's so easy for me. <laughs> right. I'm thinking, like, it's such an easy, like, like, that's not hard to do. And they, it... So everything about the ending feels so rushed. Mm -hmm. The final five chapters, I would say, even the final five chapters, it just feels so rushed through. Where they're just like, fucking make it, fucking code it, fucking write it, mm -hmm. send it out the goddamn door. If it's not buggy, then we can sell it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, fuck you guys. Like, are you serious? You know, it seems like they put the bulk of their work into the open world and just kind of shrugged when it came to make a serviceable story. A serviceable, serviceable yeah, conclusion. Yeah, I mean, the, the story from chapter 1 to 14 is very shruggable. It, there's not nearly it's as like, much care you? into that as there was the open world. And it's very uneven, because, like, yeah, you say that the last fucking however many chapters are rushed, but if you played the story straight through, it's all rushed. Mm -hmm. It's all inconsistent, because, like, you play it at your own rate. So, like, we spent so much time in the open world that that's where we got the bulk of our, like, experience. That's where we got all the things that are worth And that's where about. the best experience is at, I would say, in the game. Um, and I'm so glad you can go back to it after you beat the game. Yes. Um, and I, uh, Mike, by the way, if you were really interested, the comparison to the Matrix Revolutions is that oh, at yeah. the ending of the Matrix Revolutions, you're in the middle of the city, mm -hmm. and Agent Smith has cloned himself like five billion times over, okay. and has controlled everybody that is possibly could be in the Matrix is Agent Smith. Fuck. And it's just Neo. And they have this flying fucking Superman fight. Oh, that fight, okay. In the rain, by the way, <laughs> in the middle of a city, like smacking each other around. And I'm like, dude, I'm looking, I'm like, this is exactly Matrix Revolutions when I was playing Final Fantasy. Much Fantasy. like Arden and Oxus. And that's the same way where, like, where Neo sacrifices himself <laughs> to fucking bring light back to. I was like, is this a six? Did you motherfuckers literally throw in a DVD copy for <laughs> Matrix Revolutions and write this game? Oh my god. You guys suck. <laughs> I'm One so, of the writers probably wrote yeah. for Animatrix and was like, hey, I got an idea for I know, a cool exactly. point here. I'm so sorry, but dude, like, Nimbata, whatever the fuck you're doing, like, just please take a step back. Yeah. You know? I really appreciate what Final Fantasy XV is, mm -hmm. and I think. But you have to acknowledge what it isn't and where it struggles. Exactly. There, this game could have been really, really fucking great if it did everything right about the open... Like, I think everything about the open world's cool. I think the combat's really fucking cool. I think the beast hunts are great. The monsters are great. I think the, the character work is great. If the story was good, it would be my game of the year. Mm -hmm. It would be my fucking game of the year, oh, yeah. no doubt. If this story fucking hit on every cylinder, and even if it had some pratfalls, you know, it could have still done the, the Luna Freya death and still given me a great few mm -hmm. chapters to the conclusion. It didn't do that. Yeah. My problem is it had such a great story to tell. Like, I think, like, on a base level, like, take away all the poor decisions they made. It's a good story. But mm -hmm. it's the way they executed it, the way they paced it, the way they threw away characters and used them as plot devices. It's like, the execution was like, it felt like the wrong writer was at the helm of it. Like, it, I feel like if somebody else had helmed it and made other choices, that would have been a brilliant story through and through. I think my uh, my barometer for um, quality, I guess, is that could you take out the gameplay and watch this? Could you sit down and watch this and enjoy it? Mm -hmm. You know, I I can make that case for The Last of Us, mm -hmm. any Uncharted game. Mm -hmm. uh, like, take out all the gameplay. Speed through, give me all the cutscenes, maybe try to bridge the gap, and like, could I watch this sitting down and mm -hmm. just be like, hey, this is enjoyable? I, I cannot do that with Final Fantasy without being fucking confused. Mm -hmm. And 
this is one thing that I really need to illustrate for people is that I'm not confused by the story so much as that I'm confused by what's omitted from the story. Yeah. And a lot of it is these little little reactions that I would come to expect. You know, with Luna Frey's death, we could have focused that, uh, on that a little bit more, especially Noctis' reaction. Instead, we get a scolding from, from Gladio, Gladio and then like a dungeon that. fight, <laughs> you know? Like, none of that really You don't have any time it. to sit with it or deal with it adequately. Yeah, or with his father. Like, he didn't really react to that. Or or the Ten Years of Darkness, where it's like, dude, this is a big deal. This is your no, kingdom that got fucked over. It's a huge deal. And they talk about the way people have been affected by the world. They talk about Cindy, Iris, Talcott, and how, like, they are hunters now and what's happened. But then you don't get any time with them. You, you don't get, get to see none. what the world's done to them. None. You don't get, like, let's go on a hunt. Let's see yeah. what it's... Let, let's show you what it's like now. Like, nothing like that. It's just kind of like... You, you come look, across bosses that you can't fight. Right. You nothing. literally go to the first gas station and go straight to the boss, the ending boss fight. Yep. It's so dumb. I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? <sighs> but that's that, that, that's my frustrations out with it. That I, I think... Um, I don't want to end on the note that I dislike this game in any way. Uh, I think there's a lot of things I dislike about what it did. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, it is an interesting experience. Yeah. And it's something, it's a very Final Fantasy game. You know? so. I think we both enjoy it. Uh, yeah. Um, for all the things that are missing from it, everything that I love about it, I rave about. Right. Um, I love and the things that are here. quintessentially Final Fantasy about it. I love the Chocobos. I love the summons, even though people aren't about them. I love that, like... There are lures named after different enemies in the games. I love the in-game soundtracks. Like, there's just like brilliant little things that are just meant for the mm-hmm. longtime fans that serve us so well, and it's it's brilliant. I love it for that. And you know, there's a lot to come back to because the world is is full of things to do, and it's amazing. Um, I I will say, for as much grief as like the last chapters gave me, I think they ended it on a brilliant note because if you focus on the fact that it is a, a story about you know this group of friends or brothers, if you will, they conclude with them in a really brilliant sure. way. And I felt that was a strong send-off. Like, they have you, like, at your last campsite, you look through photos that, you know, you, that you took along the way, and it's, like, really, like, chronological right. journey. I, there's this one moment, and for some reason, it's thrown into the end credits rather than worked into the story where it would have probably been most impactful. Mm-hmm. And it's this moment where Noctis takes a... They're at a campsite, and he takes his last look around and mm-hmm. kind of addresses his his buddies and, mm-hmm. and tells them like, "This is it." And you know, he has this really fucking emotional line where yeah. he's just like, "I just want to let you guys know, like, you're the best." Yeah. And it was just like, "Fuck!" That hit me so hard, yeah. and I was just like, "Yeah!" Like that send off hits on what worked for me about Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. whereas the actual ending I got did not work for me. Did not hit on any note. Like the the ending with um. Luna Frey and Noctis, like, you like, know, on a throne together and like whatever, in the afterlife. whatever heaven mm-hmm. thing that's going on. And it's their final fantasy. It was so undeserved. It was so, so, so undeserved. Mm-hmm. Where I'm just like, dude, you guys didn't even interact with each other. Why the fuck would this be happening? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't Like, understand. the photo that's on the arm of the chair. Like, I'm, I'm reacting to that more than you. Like. Exactly. And it's just like, <laughs> not quite, guys. Yeah. So, I think I, I do want to say, um, going from here, and I, we've talked about this idea... If, the, if they're going to do a 16, which I think it's inevitable they're going to do a 16 within the next four years, five mm-hmm. years, hopefully it doesn't take as long as 15 did. I hope not. I don't think... In, I did, well, they never intended it to, to be 15 until recent years, yeah. you know? And I think it made sense because they were just like, fuck, we're spending a lot of money into this game, you know? I mean, you can tell by the way they uh, threw advertisements around that, yeah, yeah, they spent some money on it. I think if 16 to come around, 
uh, don't the messaging that we're trying to get across is don't try to stray away from the open world and try to go back to this no. weird turn-based bullshit or whatever weird system like 13 did or mm-hmm. 12 tried to do. Uh, the, the open world worked. The combat worked mm-hmm. really well, guys. Like, I want continue to, with that shit. I want to see that become the future of the series. And right. I want to see them hone in on it in a exactly. way and maybe be trendsetters in some of ways. But maybe you don't have to do this hyper-realistic story or darker story. Maybe go back to the, the kind of uh, aesthetic that 9 or, mm. or 4 or 5 or like 6 Like more fantasy-based. Really fantasy. More steampunk, uh, steampunk kind of style to yeah. it. Go back to that. I think we're open to the idea. Whereas, like, you know, 8 and 9 are such contrast. 8 was a very mature grounded one grounded and the nine was like this fucking it's super goofy but we're gonna trick you it's a really grim story <laughs> you know like do that again i think we're ready for that 16 should definitely be that give us like the chibi characters but give us that open world again give us that sense of adventure and give mm-hmm. us a big big give me more geography. World. yeah geography give us yeah. more cultures races Something. Exactly. I think that's the next step that they're going to take for this one. Because I, I can't see them doing like another fucking super serious l- lightning is the main character stoicism bullshit, you know? Yeah, this would be their second super serious entry. Exactly. Like the this, Yeah, I, I think it's time to kind of really start digging at the roots and see like, what, what made us Final Fantasy? What, what mm-hmm. put us here, you know? I think they hit on a lot of those notes, like what made Final Fantasy with this game, but I just... I want to see them fire on all cylinders and, mm-hmm. like, cement what makes th- that series what it is. I will say something that it's probably unpopular, but I'm really unexcited. After playing this game, I'm really unexcited for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Really? Because you're telling me that it's just this game's combat but linear? Some of the worst parts of this game were linear. Mm-hmm. Like, no, no one said that that's going to be an open world anything. Like, no. No. It's going to be a very... Like an episodic, linear mm-hmm. Final Fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'm super unexcited. I mean, there were open-world segments in that game that were brilliant. Like they, for, yeah. the t- for the time, I should say, yeah. They were great. Um, but it's going to be... I don't, it's going to pale in comparison to that. Now those. I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck seven, how Seven's going to do, how it's going to be received. I don't know. I think that one's a wild card. I think so, too. Real big wild card right there. I'm going to jump on it because I've been waiting for it, but I'm... Oh, there's no way I'm not going to play it. Handle. Yeah. No way, I'm not gonna play it. But are you are you excited for any of this like DLC that's coming out? Uh, the like extra the... chapters. I'm. I, I, I don't I, know if I'm excited. I about. didn't really want to bite for a season pass because I felt like it was too soon. And at the time, yeah. all I, I really heard that they were doing was like um, adding more playable characters for like an online MMO sort of thing, which is weird. Yeah, it is very weird. It's where you can play as like Irius or Aranea or Luna. I'm like that's cool, but like I would have wanted that in the game. Yeah. Um, so I felt weird about that, but then I find out that they were doing story chapters, and it's interesting to me. I don't really necessarily want the one-off situations, but I, I want to know what happens to these characters. Prompt is going to suck to play as, because I hated using guns in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's yep. going to suck. His chapter already sucks. But I think Gladio is going to be probably one of the better chapters. May I Sure, he fights an older Final Fantasy character. That's cool, I guess. Like, I mean... I'll fight Google. Go, 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 as, go, go, go. As far as DLC goes, I don't know necessarily if that's what I want out of it, more so than I want to see more beast hunts mm-hmm. and maybe more dungeons added to the game. That'd be cool. That's something I'd be more interested in. Yeah, I want more game, more 
components that serve the main game. I don't want like one-off adventures. Yeah, I really don't want to go and like, here's an island that's not in the game. And then like, I don't really... Your combat set's different. Shit. You don't have any of your weapons or it's all weird. Because I was like, nothing nothing supplemental is going to really fix the story mm-hmm. or, or give me what I want out of it. So it's like, ah. This is a weird one because this looks like the first Final Fantasy we've had as like a main console one where there's been an opportunity for DLC. And, like, you see a lot of, like, modern games do that, but, like, Final Fantasy hasn't really done that yet, so mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. I, I yes. But Something like, tells me they're going to handle it poorly. They're going to handle it like they handled everything else, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm probably going to, I'm not going to jump on it right away. I'm going to probably no. see what the people are saying about it. I'll wait for it to go on sale. Um, but, um, If anything, it'll, I'll want it because I want to go back to the world. That's the thing. Like, I want to go back to the combat, and I certainly want to uh, max out my character, but... Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if DLC gives me more opportunity to do that, then I'm super interested. But I don't see how that's possible if you're going to give me these one-off chapters where I figure out why uh, Ignis is blind or Gladio has a fucking scar on his face or how apparently Prompto was a fat kid or <laughs> whatever the fuck's going on. He was a fat kid. What did they reveal him as? He was a, a Magitech? He, he's Nilfgaardian. He's Nilfgaardian? Okay. Or Nilfheimian. Yeah. Or Nil- what, what the fuck? Whatever it is yeah, in the game. Yeah, fucking know. whatever. He's branded with the same Mark of the Demon. He's a warriors. He's a niff. <laughs> you filthy niff. No, I love you just the same. <laughs> so, my closing thoughts <clears throat> on the game is that uh, the story becomes unhinged and just doesn't really pan out, whereas the true beauty of the game is when you are free to do what you want, go on the beast hunts, listen to these characters, discover who they really, you know, who they are in the course of your road trip. Because it's, it's it's the greatest road trip in gaming mm-hmm. thus far. Yeah, I think You so. know? It's a fun little fucking road trip. And I I think uh, it's excellent. So the, the best way I can put it is when it's good, it's fucking great. Mm-hmm. When it's bad, it's disappointing. Okay. It's disappointing because you have all these great moments that lift it up and then the bad moments come and you're just like, how? Hmm. How did you do this? How did you betray me, Final Fantasy? Right. But... Overall, I need to go back and just look at the fact that like I, I wanted to keep on returning to this game. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun with this game. You're still I, going back to it, here and there. Yeah, yeah. I've been. I actually went back to the The Witcher because I was like, ah, I need, I need to scratch this itch, mm-hmm. this RPG itch. But <laughs> I'm pretty done with Final Fantasy in in the the truest sense because a lot of the side missions I'm doing are just like you're doing like Uber dungeons right now for weapons yeah, and yeah, items yeah, that yeah. you can That's pretty much use. It. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. You know, so. Which is a shame to me that they put the platinum in like you know two thirds of the way through the game. I know. Because I feel like if they arch it like to the end a little more, like hey, maybe maybe have you do these uber dungeons or higher level hunt marks or get certain weapons, like it would give you more of long term reason to return. Yeah. Whereas like we're returning because like we want to return to it because we love this game, but it's like that's not going to serve for everybody. No, not at all, not at all. But um, I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I did enjoy it. I will say that. I, I kind of love it, mm-hmm. and I hate that I love it, because a lot of reasons for me to fucking just throw this one in a, in, a, in a trash bin, but like I said, when it's good, it's got me. It's it's it's, it's kind of open world game that I've been craving for a little while, yeah. that I haven't necessarily gotten from a lot of uh, different games. You know, I don't, or I should say games that aren't distinctly robbing cars and right. ramping off highways, you know? This is the kind of open world game that I've been craving since uh, Dragon's Dogma okay. teased me with this sort of world a while back, hmm. you know? Because even The Witcher is a little, just a little too much. Yeah. 
too, 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 too much, you know, whereas this one's a little rain back, very, it seems like, gives me that same sense of feeling where it's like a Ubisoft game, where like, I can nail down a lot of this checklist, mm-hmm. where Witcher's just like, haha, fuck you, you're gonna play <laughs> me for years! I'm you're gonna like, die with me in your hands. You're gonna die! Witcher 4 is gonna come out and you're gonna be dead! Oh my god. <laughs> so, give me some closing thoughts. Um, for me, um, it in a lot of ways is the quintessential Final Fantasy experience, but in a lot of ways it's also counterintuitive of that idea. It gives us everything we love from the series while also not giving us some of the things that are more familiar with the brand, like, you know, fantasy elements, mages, different class types, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree when it is good, it's brilliant, it soars, but the lows, they, they drag the game and it's frustrating. Like, there have been instances where I've, like, been very frustrated whether it's the camera getting stuck or certain combat issues or certain dungeon aspects it's just like it just drags the experience but it doesn't make me hate the game at all mm-hmm. i don't love it any less for it i just accept it as like as you would say a quirk or just you know a development problem mm-hmm. um but i i love the game yeah the story has a lot of problems um I give it a pass just because I enjoyed it so much on so many other levels, and I shouldn't. I should hold it to the Final Fantasy standard of, that was a bad story. They shouldn't have piecemealed it. They should have given it to us in a containable way. This isn't Doom. This isn't Dead Space. You're not getting your story via, like, audio logs or Frey characters. You need to get it in the main narrative through cutscenes, through stuff like that. (laughs) This isn't Doomer. I mean, like even Dead Space uh, had the smarts to fucking make, like, side stories in their extra media. Mm -hmm. Because, like, Dead Space 2, I don't need to fucking play or or learn or watch anything Mm -hmm. and then enjoy that story, you know? You you gave it a good... I give it a great because it surpasses Mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XIII for me in a lot of ways. A save room good, by the way. Save room good for him. It gets a great for me. Um, Mainly because of the characters. I had four characters that I cared about every step of the way. Some of the strongest Mm -hmm. characters in the past five years that I've been a part of. And I loved it. I want more of them. I want to know what they're doing right now and what they're doing next week, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I want to know what... My boys! I want to know what prompt us thinking of taking a photo of tomorrow. He wants to give back to the boys! So, uh, yep, I think that uh, puts our thumb on it, buddy. Mm-hmm. We really do. Um, we have a more traditional episode coming up. We do. Soon. We have our uh, top five games of the year. Oh, fuck. We're going to have some, gonna, some gonna news in the there, that we, uh, our topic. So, <clears throat> our, I know our lists overlap pretty heavily. Something happened today that made me excited, but we won't get into that. I think we're going to wrap it up here. Cool. Uh, so, it's been a month since Final Fantasy XV's release. Mm-hmm. If you waited in our review to figure out whether whether or not you wanted it yeah. and you are you don't exist you don't, no. i should say you don't exist you're, you're not real if you're part of the the game culture you should have been playing this already well i i don't want to force anybody that they i you know I, i'm starting to change my mind about that water cooler culture mm-hmm. it's like dude just final fantasy 15 is going to be just as good as it was now as it is like fucking a year from now so whenever you get around to sure. it sure it gets a it gets a pretty strong recommendation from mm-hmm. us and hey, it might be better a year from now because we're going to add all these fucking cutscenes we didn't get to enjoy sure. when originally I played it. But yep, that does it for us. I have been Kevin. I guess I'm Daniel this time, right? Usually. Yeah, okay. Artemis. Artemis. Hey, he remembered. I do. And this has been the Save Room Reviews. Ooh. Ooh, catch you later. See ya.